0: welcome wonderful world to episode three of the podcast the world begins with you which is a travel podcast that focuses on the experiences and favorite moments of various travelers around the world not only that but they do give their best and practical tips and tricks for their great adventures i am your podcast host jules and today uh the full-time world traveler, Brinley Clark will be joining me. So please introduce yourself.
1: Uh, Hi everyone. My name is Brinley Clark. I graduated uh, university in 2016 with a degree in sociology. So with that being said, I've always been interested in learning about other cultures. And since I'm a super active person, I love just going all the way in and exploring and seeing the world. Um, So in the meantime, I'm like a content creator. And I label myself as a digital nomad because I teach while I'm traveling um, in order to make some income and be able to go travel longer. (laughs) So
0: Yeah that is very cool so we have ourselves a digital nomad and she has traveled to quite a lot of places but mainly asia and europe right
1: yeah so the last 10 months i've been in asia and then Just before that, I'd done some road trips in Canada, New Zealand. And then also I'd been taking a course in Prague. So I traveled to a few countries over there too while I was in the area. So,
0: Yeah, that is super cool. And yeah, also um, her type of, or well, Billie's type of travel style is female solo backpacker, right?
1: Yeah, so budget traveling. <laughs>
0: oh, that is really it, amazing.
1: It can be really cool, especially if you're meeting up with other female travelers who are doing the same thing. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of good vibes within the group whenever you connect with other people that are doing the same thing. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, most definitely. I mean, what advice would you give for female solo backpacker travel or budget travel?
1: Um. Okay. So there's a few different groups there. Um, For females, I would just, I don't know. I I think everyone tells you to be safe all the time, which sometimes can give you a bit of anxiety because you're like, oh, well, why do I need to be safe? Like Everyone's (laughs) really worried about you, but you do want to make sure you really research an area before you go there. Um, I found myself in the position where I didn't research a place as well as I should have, and I didn't quite know what I was getting into. So a little bit of culture shock and it probably could have been avoided to some degree if I had um, just known what I was doing there. <laughs> wow. Can so you think, like go more
0: into detail about where this place was and yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um so um I had heard from an Australian girl that I met that she'd backpack through Indonesia. So, I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. I'm going to do it. So, I flew into Jakarta. Um, It's on the island of Java, which is next to Bali. So, my plan was to go from Java to Bali. Um, And I didn't really realize how conservative the culture was. Um, It's Uh very predominantly Muslim, which in that specific island, it's very patriarchal. So, the women are very fully covered. And Uh so, I brought some longer clothing, but. I I guess I hadn't really prepared myself for like people looking at me and people kind of wanted to touch me or they also really wanted to take photos with me and at that point of traveling in Asia I was just usually like no no thank you and a few times people kind of grabbed me to pull me over regardless so it just I I didn't realize how different the culture was from anywhere else I'd gone um which made it a bit of an uncomfortable time for me even though like it was very beautiful like there was a lot of raw natural beauty so like it, yeah. I was just a bit conflicted because I I hadn't been aware that that would be the case like I hadn't prepared myself like mentally for that yet <laughs> so yeah,
0: my goodness
1: and yeah so they pulled you over. um just there they have a culture of respecting elders there like um if people who are older than you ask you to do something they kind of expects you'll do it and you need to bow and say things um, to them. So I had a little translator and I could tell he felt very uncomfortable telling this man that I didn't want a picture. And this guy kind of just grabbed my arm and tried to pull me over into the photo. So I kind of shrugged it off and oh. was just like, no, no, thank you. And I, you have oh. to be nice about it because you <laughs> you can't like start something. They're going to side with the locals point of view. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, I
0: think that's like fascinating because, I mean, in Japan there is a lot of this sort of culture where uh, tourists would want to take pictures with the Japanese people because it's like their first time seeing oh, them and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's really interesting to see that uh, situation sort of flipped over. But. Uh on the instance that if you are gonna go back to Indonesia again, what would you suggest to do differently in that retrospect?
1: Well, it's kind of hard to say now because like now I'm aware of it, right? Yeah. Um but there are certain areas that are more used to commoners than others. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't wanna make it out like that I don't like Indonesia because it's beautiful. Like I loved Bali, Lombok was amazing. Um, But there are certain islands that you probably shouldn't go to for your own safety. Um, I met an older German woman and she told me that um, she did go to an island where the bus driver because they were driving through after taking a ferry or something. And the bus driver said, don't get out unless you're with me. And they had to go out to go to the bathroom. And when they did that, villagers started like throwing rocks at them. Um, <gasps> just cause oh, they are so unused God. to foreigners that it maybe seemed like a threat or, oh. I, I don't know exactly what it was, <laughs> but um, yeah. just if you research, there's so many islands in Indonesia, there's definitely some that you can go to and you'll just be fine. And then there's others yeah. that you could just decide not to go to because of those types <laughs> of things. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. It's really interesting, like just the difference between uh, urban or the city life and then when you go to the countryside of a certain place. I mean, yeah, uh, another, yeah like in Philippines, for example, uh, I think whether you go to the rural area or the mainland city area, It is okay. It's more just like the urban or suburban areas where you need to be a little careful. I mean, yeah, yeah. like gang culture is a bit popular there. Um, There are a few places, obviously they're not the tourist places, but there are a few places where uh, terrorism is sort of like a little rampant, but obviously like don't go to those places in Philippines. But
1: Yeah. um, (laughs) yeah. There's a lot of countries where you hear That things could be happening. Like when I was in Thailand, I heard that there were Russian mafia in some of the bars. So um, you need to just be careful. So (laughs) as long as you're kind of aware of things or you can ask locals too. And if they speak English, a lot of them really want to help you so they can usually give you advice and stuff. Um, I personally met a lot of college age students who I feel were a lot more progressive than maybe some older people in their culture. And so they were really helpful too. And uh, you're able to relate to them really well as well, just because of being young and that commonality. So.
0: Wow. I've had like a, is this specifically in Asia or like just in general?
1: Um, I would say in Asia, I got a lot of help from university students. Wow. <laughs> um, I connected through a lot of them. Um, with a lot of them through social media so Um, that really helps um if you're traveling alone you can meet other travelers fairly easy um using that type of thing and then even though you're solo traveling you might have a companion for a few days or something of the like which is really nice
0: yeah most definitely because i was about to say that when i traveled but i didn't connect with these people by social media i mean just kind of like walking around and oh for sure yeah going around the town I've noticed that I got a lot of help from like the older and the senior people oh it's so fun
1: yeah rather (laughs) than best of both worlds then (laughs) (laughs)
0: but I definitely I think (laughs) when it comes to like the main city and the party area and the party district of like Tokyo and stuff like that. So Ginza, Rupongei, Shinjuku, Arshiku, yes, places like that. Uh yeah, the, the younger people are a bit not so nice. They're a bit mean. Um but yeah. <laughs> well,
1: when I was in Tokyo, I think in general I got kind of a vibe that people were very busy and they didn't really yeah. want to help me. <laughs> but I think that might be tokyo because in other places in japan i felt like um people if i asked them questions they would stop but in tokyo they just would keep walking like really fast (laughs) (laughs) "Yeah."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah i definitely i definitely agree with that unless you're on like the university campuses in tokyo i think like campuses in general around the world the university students are quite nice But if you are like in the major metropolitan area, I don't think you should expect people to be nice to you
1: (laughs) I think you uh, said that about Sydney, didn't you? Yeah that too
0: (laughs) i'd say that like japanese people and sydney people are very different but i mean when it comes to a metropolitan area i think everyone's kind of
1: similar. yeah well sydney has a stereotype of being a bit snobby but yeah
0: do you agree with that i think i I think that's true
1: i love (laughs) sydney like i i love it a lot so i don't i don't mind oh wow
0: yeah i i don't know because especially since coming back i mean i feel as though i grew up as an adult in Tokyo so or in Japan so I think and I really can't help it I think a lot of my personality and a lot of my temperament is very uh, Japanese I'm quite patient in nature and uh, one thing that I noticed when I came back is people are super short tempered and I'm just like chill man chill. yeah, <laughs> yeah um, but it's not nice. my
1: Australian Thank- friend um, I'm really good friends with him he gets like road rage like crazy <laughs> like that's when it really comes out
0: (laughs) yeah i I can't deny that like i was i was driving to the city because i live in the western suburbs of sydney and then like because the traffic was like super crazy especially or the traffic is super crazy when you're getting into the city and like i don't mind all the traffic but my friend who was my passenger she would be the one just like beeping and like sorry all the bad stuff that just like sort of comes out yeah. but i mean in in the death in the defense of the sydney road or um in the defense of sydney tri- drivers the people are pretty bad and they yell out all sorts of things but it's, um yeah i think-
1: I think the thing is, is like having been in Asia for so long and like with all the rush hour being like all scooters and everyone like flying forward, like at the same (laughs) speed and it just being like crazy insane. When people get cut off, I'm like, why does that upset you? Like, (laughs) it doesn't compare like at all.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, actually speaking, my, my dad, so he was born and raised in the Philippines. I was born and raised here. Uh. And I mean, he's a bit of a crazy driver, but I've never heard him like, s- like yell profanities at the top of his lungs or give someone the yeah. or beep. like. <laughs> he's he's actually pretty polite. I mean, he drives like he's still in the Philippines, but for the most yeah. part, <laughs> the road basically come out. It doesn't yeah, go to so. Be fun then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like places I haven't been to Thailand, but I'd imagine that the traffic there is crazy. Filipino traffic is straight up insane you'll be in traffic for like one to two hours probably
1: yeah um well bangkok just there's so many vehicles and transportation i think it was something like nine million cars in bangkok or something so it's <sighs> oh just like, like like you know <laughs> i don't even know what it's for it's just like a lot of, a lot of things are happening all the time <laughs> so, yeah.
0: yeah I actually i remember when i was in taiwan I saw a scooter get hit
1: the person didn't
0: die but yeah like someone got hit by it yeah and I'm just like yeah it doesn't compare man (laughs) it really doesn't (laughs) (laughs) anyway all right (laughs) tangent. we should be talking about your favorite moments when you're traveling (laughs) so uh what was the moment that made you decide that you wanted to be a full-time traveler
1: Okay, so I think this story might kind of resonate with a lot of people because when traveling and I tell this story, people are like, oh, me too. But um, it kind of happened in an unfortunate way. I had like a really bad breakup and I didn't really have anything like holding me down to any place anymore. And I was at a pretty like low place in my life. Um. And I went to France. It was going to be like an anniversary trip, actually. So (gasps) I ended up going by myself. Um, But it was really great because I'd never had the experience of being alone in a foreign country where I didn't speak the language. And so I felt really good about being able to navigate. And it was kind of, it was very empowering. Um, Because for a second there, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can. You know get through without this person like I haven't done anything without them in years and just um all of a sudden I was put in this foreign environment and then I was like doing it and I was like great so I kind of just wanted to keep doing that because of how you know good I felt about myself
0: yeah. like pushing
1: myself a bit more than I ever had so
0: <laughs> yeah and how long were you in um, France for
1: um I was only there for a few weeks um so my family did join me though like after a week or so um because my parents were um running a big race in uh the french alps over there so
0: oh wow so they yeah (laughs) yeah and you're you also like to be very active in your travels as well
1: yeah so i like doing a lot of adventurous things um with my family we grew up hiking a lot so like Whenever I go to a new country and there's a volcano, it's usually like, okay, it's like, up the volcano we go. It's <laughs> oh, <that's> instinctive now.
0: <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> but I think it's really cool. Like, I, I guess
0: that's why, yeah, because for me, well, for you, was Paris like the first international trip that you had?
1: Um, I had actually done a study abroad um, uh, like the previous summer or something in London um, so uh, it was like my second time in Europe but that was with a group and it was like a school thing so this uh, was a bit different for me it felt very different oh wow in a good yeah. way
0: <laughs> yeah but I think that's like really cool because I guess for me because I'm I'm planning to do a one-way trip to Berlin uh, and I <laughs> uh, and I just hope to travel and so I'm currently 26 years old and when I first moved to Japan I had a job ready um, and I, I guess I, until now I always had like a really stable and steady life and then when I traveled I would always travel with my family and it wasn't exactly the places that i wanted to go to and i think when i was looking at my life and i was like what do i really want to do like in essence what do i actually really want to do and i decided that um, traveling to these places like i really do want to go to these places even if my parents didn't want to and i think that's what really propelled me to just book a one-way trip to berlin but i that's think it's- awesome. <laughs> but it's really great because I think when you travel you really learn a lot about yourself that you really wouldn't have known otherwise and yeah I think it's really cool for you as well
1: there's a few places that I definitely want to go back to because I went there with my family and I'm like oh I want to do that my way because I didn't know the <laughs> things I like to do and now I know them so like <laughs> New York I think I want to do again Ooh. um a few other big cities um uh, in Europe and stuff, so we'll uh, we'll yeah. see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but <Yeah>. what was <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Uh, but what was the first place that you really wanted to travel to?
1: Um, so I think it was New Zealand. Um, uh-huh. and so after I went to France, I was looking for a job over there, and I didn't get one over there. But I actually got one in Sydney. Um, oh. so I lived in Sydney for six months. Um, and I really, really loved it. And I was happy that I ended up there as opposed to New Zealand, <laughs> even though New Zealand's lovely, but, um, it's cool. I really fell in love with Sydney, so <laughs> oh,
0: I'm very glad to hear that. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I can't say that's my favorite city compared to other places, oh, but <laughs> I know a lot of people when I ask them what's their favorite city it's like their hometown and I'm like yeah
1: nah but like you can have my hometown I'll trade you what's
0: what's your hometown
1: um I'm from Utah
0: oh do you know
1: where it is in America um I tell people it's near Las Vegas
0: Ah. and then if
1: they don't know vegas then i tell them on the california side of the united states so
0: ah i West. know it yeah
1: i think Midwest. yeah
0: because 31 pilots come from there i think <laughs> that's am wrong
1: I, I feel like <laughs> they don't but i love oh, no. them so i think they I come from they uh, ohio i don't know <laughs> if you can't um, tell me, yeah
0: don't come from america
1: neon trees do you know neon trees <laughs> yeah they come from here so oh. we've got a little claim to fame as far as yeah. musicians go
0: yeah <laughs> so. your chat is pretty your chat is cool but <laughs> I, I honestly don't know anything about it but like i mean <laughs> that's okay <laughs> Sorry. you wouldn't be the first It's fine <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it was strange because before i became an english teacher in japan i didn't really appreciate sydney at all like and it wasn't until I I was an English teacher that I realized how how nice how, uh, Sydney is because, I like, for example, Circular Quay, I think, is really beautiful. Like, I do think it's one of the most beautiful coastlines that I've seen up to date. And it's not me being biased. Like, as you can clearly see, I'm not a biased sort of person. Um, but also, like... I miss things such as the sun setting at like nine PM and if you hang out in Sydney in the city area during summertime, it's actually not really that hot because we're close we're close to the sea. Whereas where I grew up it's super hot. It's like forty five degrees and it's like not fun at all. But it was it was those little things that made yeah. me realize, yeah. Like when-
1: Whenever I leave and then come back, I start looking at the mountains again, and they're really amazing. But growing up, they were just always there, so I didn't realize. But <laughs> having traveled around, especially in Asia, it's very flat. So now that I've come home, I keep looking at them, and I'm like, "What the hell? Like, those are <laughs> so huge and amazing! Like, it's just really crazy. You don't, you don't realize because you, you, you don't like. Yeah, you just get used to it, you know." So.
0: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's strange. Like, you just see your city and you're like, you know what, you are kind of nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but with that being said, uh, what has been your favorite city that you've traveled to so far?
1: Um. So, well, I'm going to stick with Sydney on this one. Oh, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, yeah. I just, um, I loved all the people I met. Everyone is from everywhere. And since it's a global city, I just, felt like you could meet so many different cultures in one place and the beaches were amazing and the coastal walks like I did those all the time and then I just I made a lot of good friends so it just oh. has just a special place in my heart and also with that breakup it was kind of like a healing place for me it was a bit of like a refuge and um oh. I just found myself a bit more again there so it's just it's got a place there in my heart.
0: <laughs> yeah, when you said coastal walks, uh where did you go? Cuz my personal favorite thing to do in like when I'm being a tourist in Sydney, I love coastal walks definitely.
1: Um well, I think the one I've done the most is the Bondi to Coogee because <laughs> oh. everyone does that all the time. <laughs> um but I've also done the one that's um Manly to Spit quite a few times. To There's spit. Mm. Yeah, the bridge. There's a lot of really beautiful beaches that are kind of hidden there. Uh, yeah. I think Forty Baskets Beach is like one of the top-rated beaches in the world, and it's on that coastal walk. Oh, so that one's oh. beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> is it busy in those coastal walks? Um, so I was in Sydney, um, maybe a month ago. It wasn't really busy at all. The Manly to Spit, I think mm. Bondi to Coogee usually is, just because. Obviously, those are like some of the biggest name beaches in Sydney, but um yeah, I don't know it probably also depends on time of day and the season. Yeah, so, now but in the fall I... they wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah,
0: true. But I'm definitely happy that you did coastal walks because I don't think a lot of people know that about Sydney. I didn't know that for a long while, but it's definitely one of my favorite things to do in terms of like traveling, being a traveler in the Sydney area, because it's really pretty. I mean, like you see the views of so many beaches when you go coastal, like on coastal walks and you find some, like I did my coastal walk in Coffs Harbor and I stumbled upon like a few private beaches. I kind of like walked behind people's backyards and stuff like that, <laughs> but it's, it's really nice and it's really quiet and also really safe so it's i'm very happy that you got to do that
1: (laughs) and um you just keep reaching a beautiful beach after a beautiful beach and you kind of wonder when they'll stop and they don't so yeah that's (laughs) very pleasant
0: (laughs) yeah and like some of them have like shaded areas so you don't have to worry about like how hot it is it's uh i want to do
1: one now (laughs) (laughs) take a a date there (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) but what was like what were a few? So apart from the coastal walk, what are a few things that you'd recommend to people in Sydney as well? This will be interesting to listen to. Listen um, to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, um, I would say there's quite a few backpacker bars that I would always go to. Uh. <laughs> so I did a lot of those pub crawls. Um, so maybe the younger crowd would appreciate that advice. Um <laughs> or my really good friend would take me to a place called Bear Bar. Um I've heard of that. Which okay, they have really nice cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um they're really fancy and unique, so they're just fun to go try out. Yeah. Um, or there's a few sky bars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't think of the name of one specifically that i really liked but um you can yeah. i'm sure you can google them and find them and you can always find hidden bars too which are fun yeah so yeah it's just it's fun just Sydney there's always like these surprises that i feel like you can live there for a long time and you could still be finding like out new things so
0: yeah most definitely a i mean
1: city.
0: yeah like I went to a lot of restaurants (laughs) during my university time. Um, So when I came back, some of the places that I went to didn't surprise me when I told my friends, let's go out. But honestly speaking, I think like two thirds of the places that I've been to in Sydney ever since I came back are new places, they have amazing food and just the food culture in Sydney just gets better (laughs) and better and better. Like, to say that i get pretty impressed as well and it's also multicultural yeah so you can get like a lot of food or a lot of different types of cuisines in the sydney center so
1: yeah i've had some great thai food there (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) i didn't even tell you about thai food but actually when i was in japan that was the number one thing that i was craving
1: (laughs) that's pretty funny when when i was just in uh tokyo i had like the best indonesian food that i'd ever had and i had like just been in indonesia so (laughs) i was like what's up with tokyo having like such great food it was it was delicious
0: (laughs) yeah definitely Um, i couldn't (laughs) find any oh my earphone i couldn't find any other like um overseas food though it was really difficult to find because even if i Found like french or italian food in japan (laughs) it had like a japanese taste to it and uh, yeah (laughs)
1: like a side of wasabi
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it like i honestly don't know what it was but i remember at one point kind of being like food homesick not particularly like homesick homesick but i really missed like western food because it tasted different like In Japan, there was a different taste that it had, and it wasn't particularly bad. It was just, I wanted Western.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I get that. Um, In Taiwan, there were very few Mexican places, so I, all of Asia doesn't have Mexican food, but, you know, in America, we love Mexican food, so. Uh, when heard. I came back and had some, I was really happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and with that being said, uh, what's been your favorite food while you've been traveling? Or the most, like, memorable?
1: Um, So this, was, this is just what comes to mind. Because for me, it was super random um, and something I never expected to really like. But in Taiwan, so I lived there for a while, um, they have boiled cabbage. Mm-hmm. And they do different flavors in different cities. Um, Wow, and it like doesn't sound that good, but it's really, really good. (laughs) So I really liked this garlic flavored boiled cabbage that is just like a Taiwanese thing that they have everywhere. So that was like one of my biggest things that I started liking. Um, But I also tried passion fruit for the first time, so I don't know how I hadn't had that before, but (laughs) I love passion (laughs) fruit well.
0: And this was all from Taiwan.
1: Yeah, and then also they have brown sugar milk tea, and I also tried deep fried brownies for the first time in Taiwan. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so those are all things that I'm like, hmm, pretty good. Deep fried brownies? <laughs> I did that again, yep. <laughs> wow, are these
0: things like easily accessible? What What are the um, uh, wild cabbages called, or if you know it?
1: Um, so it's all in Chinese. So... Uh-huh. I was going to mention this later for the travel hack, but um, you can translate menus and stuff using your phone. And mm. so I never actually learned the name of that because just on the menu, I could translate it and then I would just point to them oh. when I was ordering in the restaurant and I'd just be like, oh, well, y'all jigger, Like, I want this. And they would be like, oh, okay, and then write it down. So I never, I don't think I heard the name of it. I was trying to figure <laughs> it out and I'm like... I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nope, my mind's not remembering yeah,
1: this. Just if you remember the cabbage in Taiwan, you could probably find it pretty easily. It's common. <laughs> ah,
0: awesome. And where did you get the deep-fried brownies? That sounds
1: um, So, it's so random. They really like fried chicken in Taiwan. Yeah. So there's all these fried chicken places and just yeah. some of them they'll have uh, they'll just fry up brownies too for you. So. <laughs>
0: I don't know. <laughs> that just sounds so random. So it's like yeah. not uncommon.
1: Well, I don't know why. There was just a specific place near the school that I taught at. So um uh, oh. they were very easily accessible to me. I don't know about everyone else. I didn't really ask. I <laughs> didn't really want to like tell everyone I was always eating deep fried brownies or whatever. <laughs> <but> <laughs> they were good. <laughs> wow.
0: So for you Taiwan was like your favorite food area
1: yeah i think just because i spent a lot of time there i tried a lot of different foods there um Mm. my favorite food like genre um that i tried though was vietnamese food in general it's just really good good food Uh, over there too so
0: and it's generally quite healthy right
1: yeah yeah that's probably the best part of it is no matter what you get even if it's off the street it's really it's really good for you wow and fresh too
0: yeah yeah. so like the street markets are like at least safe (laughs)
1: um yeah so i would say unless you see meats being cooked in front of you um you could just play it safe and not eat them um i got bad food poisoning in thailand and we think it was from eggs um um, that had been left out at a breakfast buffet or something. Um, uh, so I, I think a good rule of thumb in Asia, because they have different hygiene rules sometimes, is just if you can see it being cooked, then you can eat it for sure. <laughs> um, if you don't it, see it being cooked, maybe use your best judgment. Like if it's fruit, it's probably fine. But if it's meat or something that could spoil, maybe don't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree. Because uh, when I was in China, the there was like a night street food market thingy and i i mean there are all sorts of food i mean there was like i think they were selling like sheep sheep penis and sheep brain and like snakes (laughs) stick and like scorpions on a stick it was wild but i got like the safest option which was uh strawberry coated in melted sugar and the strawberries are quite huge. oh I love those. Yeah. Like yeah, but my one was Uh like when I bit into it, it was just like fully black inside. Oh yeah. And it was not yeah. (laughs) Like it was (laughs) Yeah. It was like not a special or extra flavor. It was definitely not good for you. So I definitely recommend when it comes to China be very careful of the street stalls. I think in Philippines, if you're in the rural areas, I generally think it's actually okay to eat from the street stalls because I mean <laughs> it can be a bit dirty as in there might be dirt or there might be ants, but that's not going to kill you. Like that's not going to give you food poisoning. Yeah. But yeah, but in places like China, and like you said, maybe Thailand as well. Be very careful. Also, in terms of like eggs and stuff, yeah, that's a very yeah. big issue. Um,
1: another thing when traveling in Asia that I didn't really realize till I saw it is that they do, well, in Vietnam specifically, they do sometimes cook dogs. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of exposed to that and a little bit shocked at first. Um, yeah. So like you might just – want to be aware of that I don't think it's super common to run into but if you go into like a smaller area you might see it so maybe um, just check what you're eating beforehand you know if you don't want to yeah. condone that sort of thing I don't know yeah
0: especially because I can only say for Philippines which is a developing country but I guess Vietnam and Thailand kind of fall under that category. But I'm aware that Filipinos do eat dog meat, but they say that they tend to be the the poorer kind of Filipinos, and that's because there are a lot of stray dogs in Philippines, which you really shouldn't touch because they are infested by diseases. Uh, so that's definitely something to keep in mind for those sorts of countries. They do have that kind of weird. Yeah.
1: Just- just if it's on your radar like it's probably not something you'll run into but like you could if you just know yeah. it you know
0: <laughs> yeah but i mean in places like vietnam and stuff do they make it obvious that it's dog food it, or do they kind of like hide the fact and it's like look it's um, meat
1: well so when i saw it, it was like a full huh, it's kind of graphic it was like a full dog um that you could see oh. um so <gasps> oh. just <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. We didn't see the people eating it or anything. But then later on, some um, students came up to us and were practicing practicing English and were trying to ask our opinions on it and stuff. And they were very aware um, that people were doing it too. So, um, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. it?
0: I mean, is that probably like more in the rural areas of Vietnam?
1: Um. So when I saw it, it was just outside of Hanoi. Um, It was at like a very old traditional market Um, Um, so it wasn't in like one of the main touristy areas but you would um, if you were looking for it you could find it you might not see it if you're not looking for it.
0: Uh, Thanks laptop for like nearly falling off. okay (laughs) so now with that being said of things that you expected things that you didn't expect during your travels. Uh, what was a moment that shattered your travel stereotypes?
1: Okay, so I'm going to keep talking about <laughs> Vietnam because I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so going to Vietnam, um, I was a little bit worried because um, it's a communist country, like looking up stuff, you find information on like the socialism. And I just kind of wasn't sure what to expect because mm-hmm. I think especially from a Western standpoint. And we have a history of like the Red Scare and just, um, we've had problems with communism. So coming from that background, I like wasn't sure what to expect. Um, And also not so long ago was the like Vietnamese and American war. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we, um, our country, fought them and they felt like they were defending the country. And so I just, I wasn't sure as an American traveling in Vietnam, how like, well, I would be accepted. I was kind of um, apprehensive about it. And I went and I just, all the people were very, very kind. And when I told them I was from America, they like, it didn't skip a beat. It didn't matter. They were just so accepting and they just wanted to be my friend. And it was like such a warm welcome, especially since I hadn't been expecting it. I just, it was awesome. And I met this local guy. His name was Dre, And he um, didn't speak English. And I didn't speak Vietnamese. But since I lived in Taiwan, we both spoke a tiny bit of Chinese. And Uh so we were able to speak in Chinese and use like hand gestures and stuff. And he took me around for a few days, and it just was really awesome. Like, towards the end, I was like, oh, he's like my best Vietnamese friend. And <laughs> I just hadn't expected at all to um, have that type of relationship by the time I left. So it was just really cool. Oh, uh, yeah, that's amazing. And how long were you in Vietnam for? Um, I think I was there for just two and a half weeks um at the time that i met him i was waiting for one of my friends to arrive so that way we could um travel down the country together yeah so um it was just it was just really cool (laughs) yeah and it's really
0: it's really nice to hear those sorts of things because i feel as though uh growing up everyone kind of gets like a scare of like certain places and you know with the news yeah, they kind of like uh, glamorize a lot of stuff, but a lot of the people on the podcast do say that uh, the experiences that they have with the local people at a certain place is really something that shatters their travel stereotypes, because I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, humans are humans, no matter how different they are. Um, so it's really wonderful to hear that sort of experience. That's what makes traveling really amazing, right? uh so what's something important that you've learned while you've been traveling
1: um well going off of what you just said i think one of the main things i realized was how good people are i know you already just said that but that was something that um everywhere i went there were people that wanted to help me and were super kind and would show me around and just i think when you go out it's kind of scary especially for the first time and when you are just given so much assistance and things just go right. um, I don't think you really count on that happening and it It actually does happen. So um, I would say also emotionally, sometimes you might want to like escape to another place um, because you feel like it'll be better there. And it's kind of like if you aren't happy on the inside or like making progress on the inside, it doesn't really matter where you are. So it's kind of good to be to focus on yourself too like you just because you're going to other places doesn't necessarily mean that like you're going to be happier i think yeah. that's also something i realized yeah
0: i mean like,
1: oh mm. oh sorry <laughs> that's, okay. that's i was a, just gonna say um you're also a lot of people say oh i wouldn't be able to do that and i think um you're always more capable than you think you are like i've done a lot of things that looking back i'm like wow I did that like that's cool and just like I'm like I I never would have done that but just you kind of push yourself and you realize that you are really like able to do things if you if you want to you just kind of have to push yourself a bit to do it and you can so
0: yeah I mean in terms of like the experiences that you have when traveling a lot of it is really a reflection of yourself or like you'll only get as much as you give in your travels like i remember when i first became an english teacher in japan and i remember because i've never been to japan before i was just a big wave unfortunately i'm not a as much of a big weeb as I was before. But you know, I really loved anime. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna live in Japan forever and I'm gonna be with anime. But like <laughs> yeah. But I remember during my training as an English teacher there, uh there's this one other girl and she was really into anime as well and then as her time progressed as an English teacher with uh, the company and being in Japan, she was like, you know, Japan's not what I thought it would be. It's not as great as I thought it would be. Like, she, she was like, it's not as glamorous as I thought it would be. And in my mind, I was like, what were you expecting? I mean, to me, Japan, I can't exactly say that I miss living there, but I think it did make a huge part of who I am. I feel as though is like it really molded my personality as an adult, if I could call myself an adult. But um, you know, <laughs> like living in Japan, I I wasn't expecting butterflies or roses to come out of the awesome Godzilla or anything like that. Like, but even though there are some things that I didn't agree with in terms of its culture, it taught me a lot as well. And when she was just like, Japan isn't what I was expecting it to be. It's like, what were you expecting it to be? Like, did you think that it was gonna be some sort of perfect utopia? Like you're on planet earth. (laughs) And you know, you really need to be aware of that. Like when you travel, I think it's really good because I feel as though traveling balances your expectations because honestly speaking <laughs> a lot of amazing sort of miraculous sort of things that i never thought i would have seen happens when i travel but at the same time i do have some super crazy stories and those super crazy stories originate from my travel experiences <laughs> like i think oh my goodness especially like in terms of um like sexual harassment and stuff it's kind of weird because i feel as though sydney versus japan n- not one place is better or worse like they have different sorts of weird That's
1: interesting i felt um when i was in japan i heard a lot of stories of um especially because of uh, schoolgirls are kind of fetishized um so yeah. I heard about how they used to take up the skirt photos or like yeah. one woman said groping was kind of a rite of passage. Like, I think mm-hmm. they've had a lot of problems um, as far as that goes over there. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's it, it's interesting. It's a, a lot of it's cultural, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you think catcalling is bad, I mean, for example, in Sydney, there's a lot of catcalling and a lot of whistling. but. When I went to Japan, yeah, I mean, it gets pretty weird. The groping thing, yeah, like gramping so thing. That's so
1: interesting. Um, yeah. I was just going to say, so I was just nannying there when I was there a month ago, helping with the little one-year-old. And mm-hmm. every morning when I was taking him to like the daycare, I would pass this group of construction workers. And like, it didn't matter what I was wearing. Like they might say hello to me, but it was very friendly. And I never got like any type of, attention that i felt like was in that way and it kind of amazed me because of how in asia it's very common and then me walking past this big group of construction workers in sydney and it was like i felt you know completely fine so I um, feel like I've had just the opposite experience of you in Sydney because I was like, you guys are the best. Like, <laughs> thanks for not, like, calling me out.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's strange. And the thing is, I'm not, honestly speaking, I'm not, like, I don't wear revealing clothing. I'm just not, I'm not that self-confident.
1: I mean, it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter, though, you know, like. Yeah. but Whatever you're wearing, it, it, that doesn't matter
0: (laughs) yeah but with that being said it definitely doesn't matter especially when they're catcalling you in sydney or whether they're doing some straight okay so (laughs) i really don't know whether i can say this story on this podcast i don't uh i don't know how explicit i can get (laughs) um but (laughs) i've had (laughs) (laughs) I mean okay so in Sydney you'd be careful or I guess in Western culture in general you'd need to be careful about catcalling or people like whistling or call you out in the street and stuff on the other hand in Japan I think the more common sort of things that they might do is one of the ones that I've seen is like when they pretend to sleep on your shoulder.
1: Oh. Yeah. And well, like in Japan there's also a lot of drunk businessmen, you know, so Yeah. But
0: <laughs> there's so that's like the one tier, but there was this I don't Okay, I'm just gonna keep it short. It's not sweet, uh but when I was in one of the subways of Shinjuku, it was not Uh, It wasn't one of the very busy subways, uh, but I found a man uh, touching himself, looking straight at me when I was in the subway, and it was like, he was just standing there, yeah, and he was just standing there, he did not look like a creep, he looked like a normal human being, and he was just, like, out in public, yeah, he was just, like... Standing behind a sign, and I was just like, yo. And I just ran up two flights of stairs.
1: So, <laughs> luckily in Japan, they do have those carriages that are for women only. Yeah. So, that's something that I've definitely taken advantage of if I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, don't, I don't even want to bother about like being worried. Cause when you're traveling, you're always kind of like a bit on your guard and a bit wary. So, it's really nice to just have a little safe space, even if it's for like a 10 minute ride or something, you know
0: yeah most definitely but that wasn't even in the train. it was like on the train oh, platform yeah so i didn't know how other people didn't see it but it's definitely really strange how i mean like one or the other it's pretty bad like yeah I a mean, bad thing is a bad thing. <laughs> that's
1: the best thing you can do is report him. Um, I stayed at a hostel where there was a guy who was doing inappropriate stuff in his bed below my friend and I, so oh. we reported him to the people in the front desk. Ah,
0: so. uh, and that worked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. thank
1: God. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep that in it's mind. Unfortunate next time. That it's unfortunate that something we have to deal with, but I mean, it's kind of it's there. So yeah. yeah. Fortunately. <laughs> yeah, but.
0: Okay. <laughs> that's <step> the aside. <laughs> what are your? Uh, I mean, since you've traveled quite a bit, and uh, you have mentioned your favorite city, but what are your other favorite cities? So your next okay. two top cities.
1: Next two. Um, I loved Barcelona, or Barcelona, as they say. <laughs> so oh. I speak a bit of Spanish. So for me, being able to go there and practice was pretty cool and it's by the beach so i like beach cities and then Uh, i tried sangria for the first time and i remember waking up at this airbnb and there was this um like sexy men who was Dominican, and he was like dancing to the bachata, and I was like, "What's happening?" And he was like, "Do you want to dance?" And I was like, "Like sure, <laughs> like I guess I'm gonna dance." So he just full on taught me like the bachata right after I woke up and was like want breakfast. I was like, "This is so weird." I'm like, "Yeah, let's have breakfast." <laughs> so that was like a very surreal thing that happened. That um. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I like Barcelona. Imagine <laughs> <So, laughs> so
0: waking up to that. Oh
1: yeah, it was it was very bizarre um, <laughs> and totally unexpected. I was trying to hide like my morning breath because I hadn't like brushed my teeth. So I was like, I, mm, like we're dancing when really really close. You know? <laughs> so, did you just wake up? Like, did you pop out yeah, of the closet? like I woke what? up and um, it wasn't. An, it was a really small Airbnb. So my The place I was sleeping was kind of practically in the living room. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the kitchen was right connected to that. So I kind of like woke up and then it was like right there, you know.
0: Uh, Was it like a shared apartment thing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh. (laughs) Because that could be very expensive. To find an affordable like Airbnb Mm -hmm. um, can be not sketchy. So like I paid a bit more, but even though I did that, it was still... Um, a very small setup, so, uh,
0: something to keep in mind. <laughs> but I've yeah. always heard that like,
1: in terms of when
0: people travel to Spain and they really like it, they really enjoy like the experience that they get from Spain. like they feel as though the people, are, especially like in terms of, I think another guest, I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say, but they seem to have like really uh amazing performances that kind of stick with the traveler for a lifetime so i guess yeah. if you are like into Very traveling, different city it's fun it's a yeah
1: lifetime.
0: or like if you're into dancing i guess go to spain <laughs> yeah.
1: really i'm not a good dancer so i like don't really belong there but i want to you know? <laughs> <laughs> you'll get there <laughs>
0: and what is your third favorite place
1: Okay, um, oh, this is kind of hard, um, does it have to be a city specifically or can it Mm. be, like, a place? okay, (laughs) Okay. Um, okay. well, so I really loved, uh, visiting New Zealand when I did a road trip there,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, and specifically, um, there were a lot of really beautiful lakes there, so, Mm -hmm. like, Lake Takapo, um, yeah. It's hard for me to pronounce it in the New Zealand way, <laughs> but um, New Zealand. they were just really beautiful. So the city itself was fairly small, but just when you looked around, there were these beautiful mountains and it was like a bright green lake, like the color of glacial lakes. So oh, wow. It was just um, really stunning. Yeah. Is it so north or south of New Zealand? It's on the South Island. Uh, I did a two-week road trip around there, and it was just like every few hours of driving, you would come into this new, beautiful landscape that you just like couldn't even conceive how there were so many beautiful places, just like one after another after another. So New Zealand is like phenomenal.
0: Yeah, it's definitely like they say that New Zealand has the freshest air in the world, and I would not contest that for a minute. It's a very clean and beautiful country to be did you go there in the summer or winter
1: um so I went there um I guess it was late summer there it was February to Marchish. Ah, so it's yeah. not too cold no so it was really nice um we slept in the car for the majority of our trip ah. <laughs> we were cold on maybe two nights when we started getting um in higher altitudes but um for the most part we were completely fine it was Uh, was really easy and fun yeah
0: and that's amazing like a road trip how did you figure that out especially like I've always wanted to do a road trip but in another country but I'm not too sure how to go about it so do you have any tips and tricks for that
1: um well it's fairly easy there to rent a car so um my friend had like an Australian license and we just went together and we got a hatchback so you could fold the seats down in the back and we bought a bed set when we were there just because it would be expensive to bring like sleeping bags over or whatnot. Um, oh. So we just put the bed set in the back and then I think we donated it or something at the very end of the trip. Um, oh. So we traveled pretty light, we just had our like one or two bags in the back. Um, And it worked out really nicely, actually. I didn't really know my travel companion very well before we went. Um, Oh, wow. I I had planned the whole trip. And then my friend I thought was going to go with me kind of couldn't. And then I couldn't find anyone else. And then I just met him. And I was like, do you want to come? And he was like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) I was like great we're going
0: (laughs) let's go that's amazing though oh my goodness how do you like i mean a lot of the things that you've done has definitely been risky and adventurous so (laughs) how do you kind of like get through it without thinking i'm gonna die or like they're just gonna take me somewhere i don't know
1: (laughs) Um, i don't know like i think for the most part i feel like i have a pretty good Judge of character. I mean, I don't usually go off with complete strangers. Like I, I'd, I'd hung out <laughs> with him a few times, and we um, vibed pretty well. Um, but I think also you you need to be confident in your abilities too, mm. to some degree. You know, because you're never going to be certain about anything. But I, I guess I feel most of the time things work out. So it's kind of just like, oh, well, just. <laughs> See if it works out. If not, I'm just going to keep being positive about it, I guess. (laughs) There's nothing else I can do about it now. I mean, part of me might have thought. So I had already got the car rental in advance to make it cheaper. And so it was already in my name and stuff. So it was kind of like well i don't know if he sucks i could just kick him out of the car and like keep driving like <laughs> yeah. well, sleeping just sort of <laughs> yeah but uh but it was really it was fine it was amazing and um he's a photographer so that was really cool too because we got a lot of really great travel photos yeah
0: so. wow. that's
1: probably a good travel hack is bring a photographer with you as a travel partner <laughs> yeah.
0: I always try to find one, but the travel photographers seem difficult to find. But you're very lucky, yeah. (laughs) So you know, (laughs) (laughs) true. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) but now that you talked about like the three places that are your favorite, what are the three places that are on your current bucket list that you'd like to go to next? Yes.
1: Okay. (laughs) Um. So I really want to go to Greece and sri lanka and oh. Ooh, very so, exotic
0: why why does why are they like your top three locations um
1: so i've been wanting to go to greece for a while um and i think a lot of people can relate to that it's just very scenic pictures like of santorini with all of the white like cascading yeah. buildings it's just gorgeous so yeah. i'd like to see that um mm-hmm. Sri Lanka because I met a really cool British girl when I was in Thailand or no, Vietnam and she was just raving about um how much she loved Sri, Sri Lanka. Like af- after she had already gone to all these other countries in Asia, she was like, "Oh, it's so beautiful. Like there's a lot of stuff that's um kind of undisturbed, you know, just oh. it's not a huge travel destination yet." So, yeah. um she just really enjoyed her time there. So. Oh. That's why there, and mm-hmm. then um, Turkey. I keep seeing these pictures of a place. I, th- I'm guessing on the pronunciation, but I think it's Cappadocia. Yeah, I don't know if that's ringing any bells. But um, <laughs> have you seen those pictures of people and they're kind of in a desert and they're sitting on the top of a roof and then there's like a million hot air balloons behind them. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so that's the place. Yeah, so it's in Turkey, I believe. Um, And I'm connected to a lot of travelers on Instagram. So I often see like the places that people are Instagramming a lot. And that's one that I keep seeing that I'm just like, oh, it's beautiful
0: yeah oh all, my
1: goodness and along with morocco i'm just gonna say four Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm running good. laughs> I, I agree with morocco there.
0: i mean i agree with all of them but i didn't know that turkey was a place with like the hundreds and millions of earth balloons and, and
1: um i actually have a cousin-in-law from there so she um, um she's from Hungary, I shouldn't have <laughs> spoke, but anyway, she's got family kind of in the area, so she was like, I'll give you all the recommendations when you go over, so I'm like, that um, seems pretty legit, like, you yeah. can take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, and I heard that Hungary is, like, a good travel, I mean, in terms of expenses as well, I've heard that Hungary is quite cheap. Yeah,
1: so I yeah. think some of the cheaper European countries are where I want to go next, um,
0: yeah. And, and what like did you to say to Morocco? Because I want to try the tea. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so I want to go probably with another person just because I've heard some things um about women travelers having more trouble there. Um, um, but it's just such a vibrant place and I feel like there's so much energy and like a lot of culture that kind of seems very distinctive to the area. Just mm-hmm. um it just seems like a really cool place. <laughs>
0: yeah it seems like a really beautiful place i know that there's casablanca which is known as the white city and then there's a place known as the blue city but i don't really know what it's called but it definitely sounds like a really beautiful place but thank you for telling me that it might not be good for solo travelers because
1: yeah well i mean maybe if i come to europe and you're in europe it'll <laughs> yes let's go out. yep <laughs> yes, definitely. oh and also um you can ride a camel there I've not yet done that and I want to do that so.
0: oh wow yeah me too I've eaten okay so it's nearing the end of the podcast it has been a lot of fun to speak to you but oh, right before, before we in. end <laughs> yes I'll miss you but <laughs> right before we end what is your number one travel hack
1: um, so I kind of already mentioned um, Google Translate, right? Um, a lot of people don't realize, but you can speak directly into the phone, and then it'll speak in that other language. And you can download it, so it'll work offline, which is really convenient. And oh. you can also type messages and then make it bigger, like if you flip your phone, so that way they can read it really easily. Um, oh. So that's something that there's been a lot of countries where all I knew how to say was like, Hello. And in countries where there's not a lot of English speakers, it's really helpful. Um, So that's good. Um, Also, a lot of times you'll see like advertisements for tours. And you, especially if it's like hiking or something, you can probably do it yourself. Ah. Um, And then along with that, if you meet local people, they probably want to practice their English. So we're pretty lucky that we're English speakers. We can talk to them and give them that and then they might want to do really fun stuff with you like have photo shoots and you take photos of them and they take photos of you and it's just a good time i know that was more than one hack but those are like my three Big recommendations, I feel like.
0: <laughs> yes. The more hacks, the better. Because, of course, there's something <laughs> I need to learn. So. <laughs> so thank you for being a guest, Brinley Clark. I was so, so happy to talk to you. It's been a really fun time. And if the guests would like to find more of you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. Uh, my tag or handle is Brinley Travels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can post the link, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I have
1: one. Spell it out. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, you can find Instagram. She has amazing travel pictures, and she has traveled to like quite a lot of places as well. So you can definitely pick up a lot of places that maybe you'd even like to go to. So again, thank you so much for being a guest of the show, Billy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find. Uh, the World Begins With You, I was going to say us, but by us I mean like me, but you can find The <laughs> World Begins With You podcast on social media as well, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find the extra content of what Billy will give on those social media as well. So I definitely recommend that. Uh, If you are currently listening to this podcast, you can also watch it as well on YouTube. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can always subscribe to the podcast as well through Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and the like. So I hope that everyone has a wonderful day and I'll see you guys next time on The World Begins With You.